hope you'll show me grace and mercy in doing so. I'd like to get this in. The Lord's laid this on my heart, but we won't go much over. The title of the message is this, How to Make Camp Stay. Okay, How to Make Camp Stay. So the message a couple weeks ago was How to Make Camp Great, and I think the teens did a fantastic job in heeding that message and putting it into action in their lives. And it was a great week. I would echo everything that Pastor Tony said, and uh, just tremendous. Good attitudes, good spirit, good response to authority, all those things. So I'm just grateful for that. And yet tonight, we want to make sure that camp stays. Now listen, uh, Pastor Tony stole, stole a little bit of my thunder. On the way back, boy, I heard several teens saying, oh, I wish we could stay at camp forever. I was like, no, thank you. I am ready to come back to Michigan. Like Pastor Tony, I was ready to come back to my bed. Come on. And, uh, but I appreciate the sentiment. And here's what I would say. Though I don't want to stay at camp forever, I sure don't want, do want camp to stay in our teens' hearts forever. So, young people, listen to me very carefully, and I'm going to go quick tonight so I can talk quicker than you can probably imagine. Amen? Okay. So listen up, right? Hey, decisions are the number one thing you bring back from camp. Listen, we think sometimes with the sports and so forth, and you saw a couple clips, the kids did fantastic. I mean, they just, they ruled the day, both ladies and young men on the sports fields. And uh, being a sports fan, I love to see that. They did a great job, and they performed great. But listen to me. I'll tell you, as a youth pastor, those trophies don't last. As a youth pastor, we brought back trophies, and can I tell you, some of those trophies actually broke before we got back home. They don't last. They fall apart. But you know what can last forever? Decisions. The spiritual decisions you make. And so that's what we want to talk about tonight. Now, here's the questions, and this has been an age-old concern as a youth pastor, as parents, as a church. Teenagers, how do you keep that decision going? How do you maintain it, if we could put it that way? Uh, we would ask this, what do you need to do or focus on to make it happen? Then we would ask this, and, and uh, a parent asked me last week, I think it was a great question, how do I as a parent help them in, to keep their decisions? So we'll talk about that tonight. Tonight's going to be a dual focus. Teenagers, here's what you can do coming back from camp in, let's say you didn't go to camp. Well, if you make a decision in youth group, you make a decision in church, here, these things apply how to keep that decision. Okay, so we as adults can apply, but also I'll talk to parents and I'll talk to our church. How do we encourage our teenagers to keep their decisions once they return from camp? Okay, so as we get into it, I, I like to think of this, those decisions we heard uh, that these uh, four young teenagers made, but also the entire youth group, the decisions they made, those sure are praises, aren't they? They're answered to prayer. We praise the Lord that they came back having made decisions. And so we're going to use that acronym of praises, if you will, uh, to kind of uh, say, okay, here's how I maintain that decision. Here's how I keep it going. So we'll move right in it quickly, okay? Number one uh, is the letter P is for purpose, purpose, okay? So this is the start of your decision at camp. Now, teenager, listen to me. When you went away to camp and you made a decision there, I trust that you purposed in your heart to obey in a particular area or to stop disobeying in a particular area. The decisions we heard and those I've heard individually from teenagers, they all fall typically under one of those two uh, headlines, shall we put it that way, columns, okay? Either I've made a decision, I purposed in my heart to start obeying in an area that I haven't been, or I purpose in my heart to stop disobeying in an area in which I've been disobeying. And so that's key and important. Now, this purposing of heart, the decision you make, and I describe it this way, it's a definite spiritual decision rooted in repentance that goes much deeper, deeper than surface compliance. 
It also goes deeper still than just an emotional response. This has to be about your heart. And so first of all, I'm going to challenge you this way. You say, I made a decision at camp. Fantastic. Make sure it just wasn't an emotional response. Because it is an environment in which it is conducive, it is productive to produce great decisions. But make sure it's not just an emotional response to a great illustration, an emotional response to an emotional appeal. Make sure it's a purposing of your heart. Number two, also make sure it's not just surface compliance. I just, yeah, you, you kind of went along with it because you knew it was the right thing. It was head knowledge. You understood, yeah, I should do that better. I, I should stop doing that. But really, it didn't hit the heart. Look at Daniel chapter 1 and verse 8. We're familiar with this verse. Notice the description of Daniel. But Daniel purposed in his heart, okay, notice it. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Now, let's stop there. We're just going to key in on that familiar part. He purposed in his heart. Can I just challenge you right now, first off, letter P, make sure that your decision this evening wasn't just that emotional response, just a a compliance, a willingness on the service. Repentance is key. Okay? And uh, in that, when you went away to uh, camp and there was a message preached or something challenged about, repentance, let me remind you, is changing my thinking to match God's thinking. Now, don't miss it. Changing my thinking to match God's thinking that produces action. See, repentance bringeth forth fruit. So if I'm literally making a decision, I'm purposing in my heart, God has spoken to me, then I'm changing my thinking about something in my life to match what God thinks about something in my life. And my friend, when you and I think like God and we come to change to get on his course, not my own course, then it will produce action in my life where I change something, where there's fruit produced. And so, man, can I encourage you, teenager, make sure, look at your decisions. I hope you wrote them down somewhere. If you haven't yet, I'd encourage you to do so. Write them down and say, okay, where is the change that's taking place because of this decision in my life? Where has this repentance shown itself through the fruit that it should produce? Make sure that was the kind of decision. Number two, okay? So make sure that's the kind of decision that you've purposed in your heart. Number two is R for the word praises, and that's resolve. Resolve. I would describe it this way. It's that heart attitude of a settled heart and the necessity of the decision that was made. Okay, number one, your heart settled. You know what? I need to make that decision. I needed to make that decision at camp. It was crucial. It was needed. It was important for me to make that decision. A settled heart. It's also a set heart that knows what needs to be done to apply that decision in a daily living in one's life. Okay, so my heart is settled. I needed to make the decision. It's also a heart set on, hey, there are some things I've got to change. There are some things that need to be done differently in my life that I need to rearrange, get away from, do whatever the case may be in response uh, to that decision. And last but not least, it's a singular heart. Man, I hope if you made a decision, you came back, teenager, with a singular heart. Well, you're not going to let anything get in the way. I love this because Daniel's purposeful decision led to great resolve in Daniel's life. Now listen to me. Can I just say something right now? Teenager, we got off the bus that Saturday morning and there was fog in our eyes for some of us. Amen? Some of us were barely awake just to get our luggage and get home and fall in bed. All right? Now listen to me. Okay? Can I just put it this way? Once you and I stepped off the bus, you know what happened? You're among the Chaldeans now. You're among the Chaldeans, the Babylonians. 
Say, what does that mean? Well, let's use the illustration of Daniel. Daniel looked around. He found himself among the Babylonians, the Chaldeans, and he realized, "Uh uh-oh, here's some tests. Here's some trials to my purpose that I made. Can I tell you, camp's a great place to make decisions, but reality is every decision at camp has to be lived out at home. When you come back, you're amongst the Chaldeans now. There's going to be pressure and things that are exerted upon you. You need to have resolve. See, the decision has been made. The first step to making it last is to have resolve in your heart uh, to see it through. I mean, I sure do love what Isaiah wrote. This is a great verse. In Isaiah chapter number uh, 50 and verse 7, he said this, For the Lord God will help me. Is that your conviction tonight? Young person, uh, those four that got up here and every other teenager that made a decision, is it your conviction, you know what? I am resolved that God's going to help me. Notice what he goes on to say. Therefore shall I not be confounded. When I get back home and the temptation is there and and boy, the devil's attacks me with his darts and he wants me to fall and stumble. Are you resolved that God's going to help you? You're not going to be confounded. And boy, I sure like this next statement he makes. Therefore have I set my face like a flint. I've dug in. I'm not going to be pushed around. I'm not going to be moved by the temptation that comes back, the world and the devil. I will set my face like a flint, and I know, I know that I shall not be ashamed. And that's resolve, friend. That's him coming and saying, I made my decision. I have resolve now to stick to it. Uh, what does Satan want? Satan wants you to weaken your resolve through convincing you the decision isn't worth keeping. That decision that you made down there at camp, it's not that big of a deal. You really didn't need to make that. Oh, it's too hard to keep and follow through. And it'll throw any other idea at you so that you'll stumble and leave off making camp stay in your heart. Don't listen to them. Be resolved to not give in to the devil and all the temptations that come. Number three, purpose resolved. Number three, the letter A stands for accountability. I want to challenge you and encourage you very practically. Find someone and allow them to keep you accountable keeping that decision. Crucial. When you make a decision is to find somebody. That's why we encourage at the close of a service to come and share that decision. So there will be some accountability. At times we encourage that because we need accountability. Start with your parents. That's the first place I would tell you to look to. Then talk to Pastor Tony, Miss Diane, other pastoral stuff, other godly adults in our church. Get some accountability so they can encourage you. They can help you. I love what Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 and 10 say. You know it. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Notice the statement. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth. For he hath not another to help him up. Can I just encourage you, teenager? You made a decision. Now go seek some accountability from mom and dad, from someone else. Just say, hey, I, I need you to hold me to this. I, here's the decision I made. Will you keep me accountable? And, uh, because here's what we want. We want them to be there to lift you up. When you start to stumble, have you ever started to stumble? And somebody reach out to help so you don't fall? Okay, it's much better than falling flat on your face. Amen. Someone reaches out and catches it, doesn't let you fall, that's, that's crucial. Can I tell you, when it comes to spiritual decisions, the accountability, the encouragement that God designed in the body of Christ in the church is that somebody comes out and they come along and catch you before you stumble. Can I tell you, that's exactly what accountability will do in your life. Now, get rid of your pride that says, I don't want to tell anybody about this. What if I mess up? And what if I actually fail and then I have to admit it to somebody? I don't want them to know that I sin. Listen to me, my friend. Hey, we're all in this together. 
We're all striving to please God and to live for God. When it comes to that, find somebody. And then let me tell you this. This is what typically falls apart when it comes to accountability. Number one, be specific. Tell them exactly the decision that you made. Tell them how often you want to keep them accountable. Okay, every week I want you to talk to me. Every two weeks we're going to get together. We're going to talk about that decision, how I am doing with it. And then also about the method. Hey, just send me a text every week and, or, or catch me at church. Be specific. Plan. You know, the fact is if you don't have a plan, you won't follow the plan. Makes sense, doesn't it? If you don't have a plan, you won't follow the plan because there is no plan, okay? So have a plan, be specific about your decision, how the accountability is going to look, and the means and the method of it. Then number two, this is crucial, be truthful. Be truthful. How you're doing. You know, this has been a rough week. I, I've kind of faltered. I, uh, there's a time where I slipped up or, boy, I was really tempted. And then, uh, just be truthful, be honest uh, about how you can do better, where you failed, and so forth. Just don't let, don't, don't let the accountability stop or falter. As the verse says, two are better than one, and accountability multiplies. Don't miss this. Accountability multiplies the chance that you'll keep your decision. It really does. Part of the reason, teenagers, we have you come up here and share. Uh, yes, we prayed for you. We want to hear everything. But the reality is this. When you get up in front of a church and say what the decision is that you made, there's a whole lot of accountability here. Positive, good, godly, loving accountability. And I hope these adults keep you accountable. I hope they say, hey, you made this decision, you shared with them, that was exciting, that's fantastic. How are you doing? We're three weeks removed, we're a month removed. How are you doing in your decisions? That's the accountability we need. And that the Bible speaks of that ought to make the church better, make individuals more like Christ. Quickly, letter I of the word praises is simply this, Okay involvement i think this is so crucial involvement what does that mean well stay involved in spiritual pursuits and the assembly of believers i mean i have had in my times as a youth pastor we would have some teenagers who'd come and go with us to camp and then they disappear you wouldn't see them in youth group you wouldn't see them at church and they just kind of disappear can i tell you for the decisions that you've made it is not good to be out on the island by yourself because satan's going to come after you I mean, he's going to attack you. So you need to be as more, as much involved as before or even more involved than you were before camp. Share the attitude and the spirit of the psalmist in Psalm 122.1 when he said this, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. So be the most faithful teenager at youth group. Be the most faithful teenager in Sunday school. Be involved, engaged in Sunday school. Be involved in visitation and other activities. Stay plugged in what the church is doing. Be involved in vacation Bible school, family fun fair. If it's available to you, do it. Get involved. It will work to strengthen the decision you made. Surrounding yourself and putting yourself in an environment that is about godliness. It'll go a long way to encourage you to stick to your decision. And I would just encourage you this, teenager. What God did at camp, he most assuredly can do at your home church and do even much more. See, camp is wonderful because God can speak to your heart and bring decisions about. But fact is this, boy, every time you and I gather as a church family, we can make the same kind of decisions. God can grow us, and God can minister to us and nurture us spiritually. So be involved. So it'll help you and encourage you to stick to your decisions. And God can continue to do work, to build upon it. Because the reality is every decision we make, we don't want it to stop there. We want to build upon that. We want it to flow like dominoes to more decisions in our life, more surrender, more areas of giving that over to God. All right, quickly, letter S. The first S in praises is this, separation. 
separation. Boy, this is crucial when you and I come back from camp, when we make a decision, maybe when we leave here after service, and God has spoken to, to us about something about obedience or some area of disobedience. We really need to share the, the attitude of the psalmist in Psalm 101, verses 2 and 3. I love this statement. He says this, I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. He goes on, oh, when wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a, perf- with a perfect heart. Now, that's a great statement because some of the greatest struggles of teenagers after camp is when they come home back to norm- normality, when they come back to normal routine, and they get at home, and there's the entertainment that's there, and the music, and the friends, and everything's back there. So that resolve comes up now. Now, wait a minute. I need to separate from saying some things so that I can walk within my house with a perfect heart. I can be right before God. He goes on, the famous verse, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. So the encouragement is this. Keep yourself separated from sin. You made a decision about wrong kinds of music, wrong kinds of friends, wrong kinds of entertainment. Keep yourself separated from that. Keep yourself distanced from the entryways that let sin within your life. If there's a friend that does not encourage you spiritually but encourages you along the wrong things, man, don't separate yourself from them. Don't commune in fellowship there. There's a computer, if there's some kind of technology that is a continual stumbling block for you. If you have a TV or computer in your room and that is the source of you frequently falling in sin, can I tell you, throw the computer or the TV out the window. Get rid of it. Separate yourself. You've made a decision. Now come back and let's say, let's stick to it. Let's allow God to work and to help us to stick to it. Stay clear from anything that could prove to be a slippery slope back into sin. That's what we're trying to avoid. So stay away from it, okay? I'm one of those people who, you know, if I'm at the Grand Canyon or something else, I don't want to be the guy that goes like this. I'm the guy that goes like this. Oh, yeah, I see it from here. Don't get me here because you never know that may crumble, amen? That's just in my mind. It may fall apart. Hey, can I tell you spiritually? Boy, you come back from, from camp, you made some great decisions, stay back here. Keep some buffer zone between you and sin. Separate yourself so that, you know what? Sometimes, boy, the devil knows how to put a slippery slope right there, doesn't he? And we slide right back into sin and the wrong things that we were doing that we made decisions about. Don't let that happen. Whether it be friends or music, your phone, your entertainment, separate from it. Don't come back home. Surround yourself with the very thing that led to the need for repentance. You may have, you may, may have made a decision about respecting authority, obeying your parents, honoring them. Well, don't surround yourself by friends or with friends that don't honor and obey their parents. Separate yourself. Uh, don't partake of that separation. Hey, the letter E, I'm moving quick, so we'll pay attention. Letter E, expression. What do we mean by this? Well, it really should have come a lot earlier, but it fits the acronym much better here, okay? What do we mean by expression? Well, you need to share your decisions with others. Now, this is not just about accountability. This is just by sharing it. Telling the good things that the Lord has done. Telling others to taste and see that the Lord is good. Here's what, uh, biblically, there's a biblical um, uh, stream that runs through the scriptures of when people, God worked in their hearts, they shared it. They want to go tell people. And I think, of the, I think of the shepherds who first saw Christ, and boy, they went and published it all over the place. They went and told people. 
I think it's so crucial, and in, in, in fact, it is beneficial for both you and others if you'll share your decisions. You tell others what God is doing in your life, sharing what God has spoken to you about, telling others how God met with you. Uh, what he said, share with your parents. Start there, your siblings, brothers and sisters, your youth group, the adults gathered here, your church. Tell them all. Let them know that God is working in your life. Listen, you may, you may have the opportunity in the future to tell me, hey, Pastor Henry, boy, and I just got a great job. It'll, I'm going to be set for life. Everything's wonderful. I rejoice with you. That's wonderful. But that in no way will come anywhere close to the joy that I find in here. You know what, Pastor Henry? God spoke to me at camp. I made this decision. Man, that would be the greatest. You, you may have in the future, say, hey, Pastor Henry, listen, I'm going to play, play professional ball, or I'm going to do this, and it sounds like in the world, oh, that's the most wonderful thing. No, my friend, I want to hear that God is working in your heart and life. Teenager, that's the greatest thing that we can hear. Your parents, hey, fantastic. You won football. You won volleyball. You won uh, whatever it is. Hallelujah. That's wonderful. I rejoice with you. I like to win too. That's fantastic. But it ain't anywhere near as good as hearing that God spoke to you. That God knew exactly what you needed to change, what decision you needed to make, and the Holy Spirit pricked your heart. And in response to that, you said, hear my Lord. I surrender. I submit. And that is the greatest thing. So share that. It's good for them to hear, and it's good for you to share. Because you know what we have sometimes? And this is just, I don't know if it's Americana. I don't know if it's just humanity. We have a hesitancy to share spiritual things. We don't do a good job sharing our, uh, the decisions we made, how God is working sometimes, and we need to do a better job of that as Christians. And teenagers, it starts when you come back from camp, and boy, you have decisions you made, share it. Tell people, be excited about it. Go and don't, don't hold it in, uh, share it. It, makes us, it, it. it helps significantly, and it encourages others tremendously. Don't hold it back. Let them rejoice with you. Real quick, last thing for the teenagers. Listen carefully. We're done, okay? As far as the teenagers are concerned, the letter S in praises. Here it is, okay? Stay up. Stay up all night, Pastor Henry? That's wonderful. No, don't do that, okay? You had your chance on the bus, but most of you fell asleep by 2 a.m. But anyway, we won't talk about that, 3 a.m. Stay up. What do I mean by stay up? You know, the reality is this, and this is just unfortunate, but it's an unfortunate likelihood, and at some point, you are going to fall in your decision. Now, our prayer and desire, certainly that would not be the case. But reality is, and I'll tell you from personal experience, I can make a decision spiritually, and boy, I I can do great for weeks, months, maybe even years. But, you know, every once in a while, the the devil gets the better of us. Temptation causes us to stumble and fall. Uh, And it could be small things, whatever the case, but we stumble and fall. Now, listen, there are some teenagers, you're hearing me right now. Let me have your eyeballs. There's some teachers, right, teenagers right now, you made a decision at camp, and the reality is this. You've already fallen. You've already gone back on it. You've slipped up. you stumbled. You're, you're not keeping it like you, you thought you were, hoped you had. Now listen to me. The worst thing you can do is stay down. The worst thing you can do is, ah, why, what's the use? I can't do it. I can't, I can't keep this decision the worst thing you could do is stay down. The best thing you can do is get back up and stay up. Get back up and stay up. We know this verse well. It's Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 16, the first part. For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. Get back up. 
Stay up. Uh, don't stay down. Get back up. I told you before, and I know I don't have time, but I'm going to do it anyway, okay? When I was a kid, my brother and I, we used to, for some reason, my parents, I don't know if it was so that we would beat the energy out of each other, but they got boxing gloves. And we had one that were just huge, fat things. I mean, just, just the ounces were crazy. And then we had these really small, tight ones. Uh, small ounce, six ounce, eight ounce. I mean, just really small. And boy, you can feel them. Of course, my older brother took the smaller ones, and he gave me the big fluffy ones. They were like hitting with pillows, okay? His was like hitting with a brick. One of the things I learned earlier was this. The only way I'm going to beat my older brother is this. Not to not get knocked down, because it's inevitable. He's three and a half years older than me. I'm going to get hit. But to get back up. And I would do that. Boy, he'd, he'd, uh, he'd cold cock me. He'd lay me out on the ground. And my, my point was just simply this, get back up. And then my other ploy was to get him laughing and then catch him off guard. But anyway, we, that's other strategy that came to play. But get back up. Stay up. Just stay on your feet. And uh, I, I think often at the most I got a draw, but that was great. That was a win for me. Stay up. You know, sometimes with the devil, man, he comes and he cold cocks us after we've made a decision. He attacks us. And, and there may be a time where you get knocked down, where you falter, you fail, you sin again. But can I encourage you, the key is this, get back up. Just man, even a good man falls, but he rises up. He does it. It's going to happen. Unfortunately, we're frail. Humanity and, and our sinful nature is still there. We're wrestling. Get back up. If you fall, get back up. Do not stay down. Get up. And stay up. That's the challenge. You, you want to, there's no rocket science to it. It's just, hey, okay, I, I need to stay up. I, I need to stick to it. Now, I put it this way any decision worth making is also worth keeping. Amen? Any decision worth making is worth keeping. And you do that by staying up, okay? So, would you remember this acronym, Praises Young People? All right? Uh, we'll get to it here in a moment. We're in. Okay, so here's the question How do you and I, as church and as parents, what can we do? Well, there's good news and there's bad news. I'm somewhat of a, uh, a cup half empty, so let's go with the bad news first. Here's the bad news Mom and Dad, you and I can't make the decisions for our teenagers. Now, isn't that frustrating? Man, I sure would love to. I, I'd love to make decisions for every one of my children when it comes to spiritual things. I, I, I would love to say, okay, here's the decision you're going to make this week, and hallelujah, I made you a list, take this with you to camp. Make those decisions. I, I wish we could do that. I wish I could make the decision and it, it apply to them, but we cannot. But here's the good news. You can provide and foster an environment at home in which that decision can be stuck to, kept, and built upon. See, that's where you and I come into play. That's where we as a church come into play. Pastor Tony and the youth group developing an environment in which, okay, you made this decision. Now you have everything you need in this environment that fosters sticking to that decision and building upon it. How do we do that? Okay, three things for adults, okay? Much easier. They had a long one. Now we have just three things. This is it. First one is this. Encouragement. So crucial. I encourage you, mom and dad, it's exciting to hear of a great week of camp. Number one, praise the Lord for a good week of camp. Number two, praise your teenager for making decisions. Encourage them, praise them for doing so. Can I just tell you, it takes courage and sacrifice to walk an aisle at camp, to meet with a counselor, to own up to the fact, just to say, hey, there's something not right in my life. There's something that's missing or there's something that's wrong that needs to be fixed. Uh, something needs to change in my life. Take some courage. I'd encourage you just to 
encourage you to just encourage them in their desire to change things. Hey, son, hey, daughter, man, I'm so thankful the Lord spoke to you and you listen. You said, yeah, you have a desire to change some things. You have a desire to do right. Sure, I'm glad that you had a heart to do what's right, to listen to the God. And then, as we said here, I'm thankful that you heard God speak and that you responded to his leading. Just encourage him in that. Man, can I tell you, it's a delight. It's a delight for Fostoria Baptist Church to have teenagers that want to go to a Christian camp to hear preaching. It is. Yet more than that, and most more important, is the desire to go there and say, you know what? I'm going to listen to that preaching because I know through the preaching, my God can speak to me. And then, to have teenagers who respond. Can I encourage you, teenager? You did well. Praise the Lord. Praise you for responding. See, the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, or verse 11, wherefore, comfort yourselves together. The word comfort there encompasses and certainly means to encourage. And then I'll start at home. Build them up in the spiritual realm. So much more important than anything they achieve on an athletic field or a ball court or in school, elsewhere in life. Let them know you're proud of them. Mom and dad, church, be these teenagers' biggest cheerleaders. And also as ways of encouragement, Share your own decision. I had the privilege of going to camp, and, and the Lord spoke to my heart, and I've shared that with my own children. And, and the fact that, hey, share your own decisions that you've made here at church, your devotions. Boy, that's an encouragement. Oh, man, God's speaking to mom and dad as God speaks to me. Number two, real quick, add to your encouragement enablement. Do all you can to create and foster an environment in the home in which they can succeed. So crucial, so crucial. If they struggle with the wrong kind of entertainment, be instrumental in getting rid of that. So uh, a, a young person struggles with computer and YouTube or watching things. They you make sure, mom and dad, your responsibility, put blocks on that computer. Prevent them from accessing those things. I understand you can't do it 100%, but you sure can do a whole lot in your home to prevent it. So do it. And then also provide good entertainment in its place. Give them something to replace it with. Help them. Enable them. Uh, sometimes we are enablers the wrong way. Being an enabler for the good thing. Helping them to follow through. They made a decision about having more consistent Bible time. Help them set up a quiet place where they can have that. Keep the siblings away where they have their devotions. Set up a regular time. Just find a way to help them keep their decisions and to grow in that decision. I think Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1 comes to play here. Brethren, if a, if a man be overtaken in a fall, ye which are spiritual, this should say ye, not he, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Now listen. Okay, the verse is speaking, certainly believers. Hey, someone is saying, boy, your, your child comes back, your teenager comes back from camp, and, and they've admitted, boy, I've fallen. I, I've stumbled spiritually. God spoke to my heart and made a decision. Now, you come along and help build them up, restore them. And I love the challenge here. Considering thyself. You know what's neat to hear? Hey, listen, when you hear a teenager stand up here and they give this testimony, boy, I want God's will for my life. God spoke to me about my entertainment. God spoke to me about my friends and so forth. You know the first thing we ought to do? We ought not to just hear them. We also ought to heed what they made a decision about. We ought to consider ourselves. Boy, do I need to make a decision like that? 
The mom and dad, listen, wow, man, my son came home, my child, my daughter came home, and they made this decision about entertainment, about the wrong kind of music. Wait a second, what am I watching? What kind of music am I listening to? Boy, it just got really quiet in here. I don't know why, but uh, are we not to heed it ourselves? Hey, mom, dad, child comes home, they say, yeah, I made this decision about this. Boy, my attitude hasn't been the greatest. Woo-hoo. Well, ought we to ask ourselves, do I need to heed the same decision? My attitude here, not right. Am I, am I providing something at home that isn't the best? Because I, I want to make my home, and we ought to make our home and our church a great environment that enables our teenagers not only to make decisions, to keep decisions, to build upon their decisions. And boy, it even speaks to our heart and challenges us when we hear them. So be an encouragement, be an enablement to them. Enable the good things, last but not least, engagement. Okay? So crucial, man, so important. Be available for help and support, especially in the realm of accountability. Engage with your child spiritually. Boy, we can do it well with maybe school and sports and other things. We can engage and then talk to them about them. But are we talking with them spiritually? I'd put it this way, check in with them regularly. Hey, how you doing? How's your devotions going? What, hey, the decision you made, is it going well? Are, are you continuing? Are you keeping it? Grow in that area. Are you growing? And, and are you involved in church? I, I think this is so good. And, and my wife does a much better job than I do with our children. But asking them, hey, what, what was Sunday school about today? What did Pastor Tony speak about? How was youth group tonight? What did, what did God speak to you about in, from youth group? What was, the, what was that all about? What, 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 what is the Lord speaking to you about? Stay up with them, work with them, interact with them spiritually. Find out what God is doing in their lives. You see, as we do that, we'll find out how God is encouraging them in their decisions and how he's building upon their camp decisions. Can I just put it simply? Engage your children in the most important area of their lives, and that is the spiritual realm. The spiritual realm. How you doing? How's that decision going? Are, are you doing well? How are your devotions doing? How's your Bible reading? What has God taught you recently? Simple questions that just say, I want to be engaged and involved in your life spiritually. And coming back from camp, it is a good time to do that. You know decisions, they've made decisions, you know things that happen, and boy, you can go back over that. So, I can just put it simply as means of reminder, teenagers, make those decisions great praises. How do you, continual praises, that's how I'd put it. Make those decisions you made at camp, continual praises. How do I do that? You purpose, that decision, resolve, accountability, involvement, separation, expression, and then stay up. And my friend, God can make that decision praises that will last a lifetime. And then mom and dad, you say, how do we help? Church, how do we help? We help through encouragement. Uh, we, we help through enablement. And we help through engagement. Be involved. Encourage them. 
and God will continue to bless in those decisions and bring good things from it. Father, we thank you for your word. I'm grateful so much for the great week of camp. And Lord, I just thrills my heart to hear not only the decisions that were made tonight, but Lord, others that have been shared with me personally, and Lord, others that I've heard through parents and so forth. What a delight it is. And, and I, I'm just rejoicing in the great things you have done, the decisions that have been made, the, uh, the growth that we have seen already in some of our teens' life because of it. May that continue. Lord, I pray our teenagers will take note tonight to realize, okay, now going forward, these are ways in which you, our Heavenly Father, wants us to stick to our decisions. And so, Lord, help them to do that. I pray for those we've heard and uh, about, Lord, every decision that was made, that you would encourage that teenager, that you would uh, give them what they need to stick to it. Father, I pray that every one of them would stay up that if they fall, they'd get right back up and stay up. Lord, help them, encourage them to do so. Then may we as parents, may we as a church, encourage them and enable them and engage them in the spiritual realm. And Father, may you just continue to bring great things from it. Thank you, Father, for this day in your house. Thank you for the things you've taught us. And Father, we pray that you bless the Phillips. Thank you for uh, their ministry. We pray that you would open the doors to both the Philippines and, the, and Chuk there. Lord, we pray that you would guide and direct them and help them and enable them as they, even from afar, are a blessing and encouragement to the believers in Chuk and in the Philippines. And Lord, we just pray that you continue to give them both good health. Watch over them, protect them in traveling, and Lord, meet their needs in a wonderful way. Lord, be with us now as we go from this place, as we have a time of fellowship one with another, we pray your hand of blessing upon it. May we be an encouragement, Lord. We're grateful for all you've done tonight and this day. We love you much. It's in Christ's precious name we pray. Amen.